Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. I'm Mike Achapoli. All right. How's everyone doing on this uh, Tuesday night? Tuesday night, uh, marching right along through the week. As I mentioned yesterday, I'm in Miami, so I'm doing the show from Miami, Florida, which is why it's on at a weird time, kind of a weird time, right? Weird times. I was at the uh, Miami Marlins game tonight, so I just got back recently. What's amazing is that everything is happening right now here in South Florida. We have the baseball, as always. We have the Miami Heat, who are in the finals. We have the Florida Panthers here, who are also in the finals. So it's a very odd time when you have the NBA and the NHL teams in uh, the first time ever, I believe, where they've both been in the finals the same year. So it's kind of crazy. A lot happening here. A lot happening. And uh, the interesting thing is I was walking around today, you know, trying to get the vibe of the city. And I was taking some videos, a few videos. And the first video I took, which I put on Twitter, was a video of a uh, right here in the downtown Miami area. I guess it's called the Brickell area. I was walking around. And it's like the financial area, like a mini Wall Street feel to it. And um, there was a sign. It said open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And it was free restroom, right? Public restroom for anybody, anybody. Um, I guess needle disposal for anybody, anybody. And there were other things that they were, other services they were providing. And I thought, wow, what a novel idea to have this free restroom. I think there was one or two people, security guards around it. And uh, you could just walk in and do your business in the restroom, right? No matter who you are, you could be a tourist, you could be someone who works in the area. Uh, you could be a homeless person, you could be whatever, whatever. And you can use this free of charge 9am to 9pm. And I took a video of it. And, and the preface of the video was basically, wow, look at how frightening Florida is. I mean, the NAACT, NAACP is telling black people, don't come here. Telling gay people, don't come to Florida. It's not, it's not safe. It's not safe. Uh, it's horrendous. It's frightening. What a frightening place that has public restrooms out in the streets for people to use so they don't have to piss and shit on the streets as they do in San Francisco. Now, in places like San Francisco, they defecate and they urinate on the streets on a regular basis. This is many times a day, every day. And people will say, well, why do people do that? Well, of course, they've created an animalistic society, right, where there's nowhere for people to go, right? And so people are going to act like animals, right, because you can't go into a business. Obviously, the business, understandably, is not going to want a, a, a homeless person marching in and out past their, let's say a restaurant, past their paying customers who are eating, you know, so you can't blame the businesses. You can't blame the businesses. People aren't going to let homeless people into their apartments to, to piss and shit. So what, where do they go? Where do people go? So it creates an environment where the only option they have is basically to do this stuff on the street. So what a novel idea to have restrooms, you know, what a novel idea it was 
to have uh, monoclonal antibody sites, only in Florida, by the way. Um, and when Biden found out that DeSantis was doing that in Florida, you remember, he took away the resources, so he couldn't do it anymore. So there's the monoclonal antibodies, there's this public restrooms here in Miami that anyone can use. And how frightening Florida must be to have these things, huh? And then I went into the drugstore. I had to go into Walgreens to buy something. So I went into Walgreens and I noticed that the shelves were not um, filled with glass encasements where you had to press those buttons. That's something you have to do very often. I know many people around the country are listening to me and saying, Mike, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Mike? You're making this up. People don't piss and shit on the streets. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. You know, uh, in San Francisco, they do. I know. They might do in other cities, but I know for sure they do in San Francisco. And for sure in San Francisco, in, in most, most Democrat-run cities, if you go into a CVS or a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or your, your favorite, your pharmacy of choice, you have to ring the bell. You have to press the button to get assistance for everything, everything, soap, razors, shampoo, uh, mouthwash, toothpaste, they're all behind those in glass in, in, enclosement in, in, with uh, encasements where they have the key, where they have to open it up, right? So it, it's not as easy to rob stuff. And I notice every time I go into a Walgreens or a CVS in, uh, in San Francisco, it gets worse and worse. It used to be like maybe 30% of the store was like that. Then it was like 50% of the store is like that. Now it's like 80% of the store. Soon, every single item, including like $2 potato chips, are going to be behind these glass encasements where you have to push a button. Now, there aren't enough people working at these places to have 30 people pushing buttons at the same time. So it takes a very long time. You can go into a Walgreens or a CVS in um, San Francisco, and it could take you 25 minutes to buy two items. I'm being very serious. Once again, if you're in many places around the country, you're thinking, Mike, what the heck are you talking about? But this is the way it is in San Francisco and many Democrat-run cities where crime is rampant. You have to push the button when you're in a Walgreens or a CVS, and they have to finally come. Sometimes, and look, I'm not saying these workers are bad. They do the best they can with what they have. There are only so many workers for so many people who are pushing these buttons because everything's behind these glass and, and enclosings with the, with the uh, key. And so I, I've gone into a CVS or a Walgreens in San Francisco, and it takes me 20 minutes to buy three items because I have to press a button. It takes maybe two or three minutes for them to come. Okay, they open it up. I get Then I walk a couple of aisles down, push the button. Five minutes later, they come. They, so that takes you forever. It takes you forever because this is not real civilization. This is a shithole. So in a shithole, it takes you 25 minutes to shop for three items in a, in, a, in a pharmacy, but not here. So I go into Walgreens here and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, where are all the glass cases with the key thing? Where are all the buttons to call people? Well, you don't need them because nothing, nothing. I couldn't find anything. I think maybe the way most pharmacies used to be, the most expensive things, like things that are like $40, 70 like electronics, those have all been, always been behind those glass doors. And that's basically the way it is here in Florida. But the normal items like toothpaste and mouthwash and razor blades and so on and so forth and, you know, women's things, women's needs, uh, they're all open. 
you can just buy them. You can just, you can actually like reach and take it off the shelf and put it into your carton here. So you can shop pretty quickly. And so I took a video of this and I said, here's more of frightening Florida. Look how frightening Florida is. It's a frightening place to be where you have outdoor public restrooms you can use instead of pissing and shitting on the street, where you can go into a Walgreens or a CVS and buy items without having to ring for help and not spend a half hour in a, uh, in a pharmacy trying to buy two or three items. How frightening it is here for people. Isn't that frightening? Isn't this kind of freedom frightening? It really is. No, no. In, no. In California, you have the freedom to step in a pile of human shit. That's your freedom. That's the freedom that Gavin Newsom gives us in California. Okay. That's it. You have the, the freedom to spend a half hour in a, in a pharmacy. You should enjoy that freedom of spending a half. Hey, who gets to spend, who else gets to spend a half hour shopping in a pharmacy for two items? No one else gets that freedoms. Come on, man. This is a free place, California. So obviously, if you can't tell by now, I'm being sarcastic. The life here in Florida is not, it's not 30 degrees different than San Francisco, California. It's not 45 degrees different. It's 180 degrees different. It's the exact opposite of what life is like in California where there are no outdoor public restrooms that are guarded by people that are clean and safe to use. That's also an important distinction because I know people will say, no, 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 we've had public bathrooms in San Francisco and they don't last. They're gone because there's no security guard there. And you know what happens? You know what happens? The low lives ruin the places. So they have to close them. So this was a very special thing where it was like a dedicated entrance. There were like two people guarding it. And it looked incredibly clean. That's the kind of thing that real civilization does. That's the thing that real civilization provides for the people who live in that society. So once again, and I know I've made this point over and over again, one trip to Florida and you know everything that is being told to you by people like Gavin Newsom, by people like Nancy Pelosi, by people like AOC, by people like Shifty Schiff, like Swallows, all these people, you know, and, and your favorite people, I put favorite in quotes, of course, being sarcastic again, Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes. And what they tell you about Florida are total lies, total lies, right? And the gays are flooding Florida. They're flooding Florida, right? Constantly flooding Florida. They love it here. They have no problem being here, right? They are uh, going to Disney, gay Disney. This is, this is how hypocritical these people are. They're so hypocritical. I mean, they, they say death Santas. They hate Ron DeSantis. They, they wear these ridiculously dumb, idiotic shirts that say, don't say DeSantis. You know, a ha, 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 ha takeoff on the don't say gay, which is it's so funny because don't say DeSantis is a takeoff on a fake name of a bill a bill that Rachel Maddow and company gave the, the bill that really says don't say mutilate children. So it's the don't say mutilate. So these gay men are upset and women are upset and trans people are upset about a bill that said, that's really don't say mutilate children, which means if you're against that bill, you are for mutilating children. No, no, they'll never admit to that. So they have to say, don't say gay. 
right? The bill is don't say the word gay. When we know the bill has nothing to do with words, has nothing to do with language, nothing to do with verbiage, has to do with mutilating children and also not letting children do things like go to strip shows and bringing, uh, ho you know, whorish shows to them and uh, drag queen shows to them. And, and you know, uh, uh, let's put it this way, not letting children do what we've never allowed children to do in the history of our country, which is be subject to this sexually provocative material. That's something that was a norm. Wasn't that a norm once? Am I wrong about this? If I'm wrong about this, tell me. I'm not right about everything, almost everything. But wasn't it not too long ago where it was the norm not to subject children to sexually provocative material? Wasn't that like a, a norm and a known and an acceptance? And let's say you were a whack job pervert who believed the opposite of that, that children should be subjected to sexual stuff. Weren't you ostracized? Weren't you... Weren't you afraid to even say such a thing because you'd be seen as a sick fuck pervert? That wasn't too long ago. I'm pretty sure it wasn't too long ago. I could be mistaken. Maybe it was a different world that I imagined. Maybe it was a different world that I dreamed. But I believe, I believe it happened. But now we're living in a totally upside down clown car reality, right? where it's okay to subject children to this kind of thing. It's perfectly fine to subject children. And the way we'll pretend we're not for that is we'll rename things. We'll give it our kitschy names, right? That the liberals love to do. Kitschy, kitschy names, kitschy names. We won't call it gender mutilation. We'll call it, you know, affirmative care. It's affirmative care. Doesn't that sound like, it's like a George Carlin act, right? George Carlin would do this kind of an act. Affirmative care. Aren't those so warm and fuzzy words? It's affirmative and it's caring. It's affirmative care. Here, that's a Carl. I just channeled George Carlin. When we know what it is, it's gender mutilation. It's, it's, it's mutilation of, of sex organs, right? That's what it is. And that's what we need to start calling this. I can't emphasize this enough. We, the normal people, need to learn how to use language. We need to learn how to turn language against the left because what the left, what the Democrats are doing these days is they're using the language game to win. Don't say gay. Don't say gay. Ron DeSantis, evil, that sounds evil, doesn't it? This governor who's doing a bill where you can't say the word gay in schools. That's a horrible, it's not freedom, right? It's, author, it's authoritarianism. I'd agree with that. So they win with language, even though, of course, like I've described, it's not that at all. But they win because we let them continue with this language. We let them continue. I've even seen conservative outlets who know it's bullshit still write articles and they put don't say gay in quotes. I understand it's in quotes, but that's not, that's once again, that's playing into the left's language. That's not what it is. Say what it is. Say what it is. It's not affirmative care. It's not affirmative care. Say what it is. Stop using the language they want us to use. And so they win. And so they win. That's how they do it. So here in Florida, you come here and you realize it's nothing. It's not what you've been told. It's not at all what you've been told. 
And uh, it's a shame. You know, it's it's so sick that we live in a world now. You know, I could see this happening hundreds of years ago when people couldn't travel. You remember, <clears throat> actually, the inauguration of the president of the United States used to be, I believe, March 5th. It's January 20th now, right? And you know why it was March 5th? I'll tell you why it's March 5th. It was March 5th because they had to take horse and buggy. Everyone had to take around around the country, had to take horse and buggy to get to Washington, D.C. And it would take months. That's why the inauguration was originally in March. Now, even January 20th is stupid. I think that two and a half months is too long for that transition. It should be two weeks, four weeks, maybe. But that's why they shortened it, because then people could fly places. You didn't need it to be in March anymore. So they put it in January. Now, the point I'm trying to get to is it's almost as though we're still living in that time where people have to take horse and buggy to get places. And it would be easy in times like that to lie about a certain place. You don't want to go there because they know most people aren't going to go there because it's going to take forever to go there. And if it's getting bad reviews, they're not going to bother to go. But we live in a time now where it's so easy. It's so easy not only just to, I'm not talking about to physically get to a place, but to learn about a place, right? Hey, I have a friends in Florida. They're on social media. We can text each other. They can send me videos. Like I am now sending videos of life in Miami, Florida, life in the state of Ron DeSantis. And it's a shame that we're living in a culture now where it's easier than ever to travel. It's easier than ever to get places. It's easier than ever to research things on your own. And yet it's so fucking easy to fool people by just saying, don't go somewhere. I mean, look at what the NAACP, NAACP did. They just said, a gays and blacks shouldn't go to Florida. Now, in a normal world, would they be able to get away with such a ridiculous statement? Of course not. But they know so many people won't go that they'll just believe that. They'll just believe that. The State Department does this to an extent. You go on the State Department. I've, I've looked into going places, right? Like, say, like Colombia, Brazil, Argentina. And if you go on the State Department's website, they basically don't recommend anywhere, right? They say it's no, you know, you can go to, you can go to like Scandinavia. You know, you can go to United Kingdom. You can go to Europe. But that's it. You can't go anywhere else. Now, is this because they don't want you going anywhere else? Is this because they have a deal with other European countries to push the, um, the tourist dollars their way and let's say countries, poorer countries who aren't, let's say in the union, like uh, South America, Central America, they don't want you going there because they don't want your tourist dollars going there. So I'll go online and I'll say, Oh gee, I want to go to, I want to go to Colombia. I really want to go to Colombia. I do. And they'll say, Oh, don't go to Colombia. You're going to get kidnapped. There's a, there's a yellow alert for kidnapping. And then I'll talk to people who live there. Once again, 20th, first century, you can do this. Or people have been there and they say, that's nonsense. You're not going to get kidnapped. Someone just got kidnapped in Mexico. You're not going to get kidnapped in Colombia. You have to worry about going to Medellin and getting kidnapped. Uh, so, and they'll say things like that. Crime is high, cartels, when of course that's all over and crime is much, much higher in American cities than in Central Americans. There's no, con there's no connection. There's no comparison between crime, violent crime in American cities run by Democrats and in Central America, yet you go on the State Department, they'll say, oh, don't go. It's a yellow zone. It's a red zone, red zone. So this is constant propaganda because they know most people won't go. Well, they won't do their own research. And hey, Daniel, how's everything back in San Francisco? 
Oh, hey, you're probably going to have a hard time getting back there because I think there's a travel advisory about going to San Francisco. <laughs> now, that would be a real travel advisory. Yeah. That would yeah. be a real, realistic, honest travel advisory, right? Yeah. yeah we, we, we have a, um, a governor that um, has no problem um, killing people like my father, um, who, who he killed with his, his lockdown. Um, that, that's that's what he means from free, about free. That's what freedom means to him is uh, liberation from your life. This is what that son of a bitch is about. Um, it's freedom to force. Yeah, I, mean, I can. You know, when I see him saying these ridiculous things, I can't tell you what I want to do to him. I can imagine what you want to do to him. I want to rip his throat out. Is what I want to do. There you go. I knew you'd be very honest and direct about it. Yeah. <laughs> no beating so, around the bush necessary. Yeah. No. If, anyone, if anyone, if anyone's listening to this, no, no, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. That's not <laughs> what I would like to do. Um, I, I, unlike uh, uh, Newsom, uh, obey the law. Um, this son of a bitch abuses all of us. Um, I mean, I keep thinking back to um, during the uh, pretty much the, the height of the, the COVID hysteria um, when it, um, my son and uh, his girlfriend came came to visit me. My, my son at the time was about 20 years old, um, came to visit me in San Francisco. And, you know, things were quite shut down, even in North Beach. And we we're walking uh, through North Beach. Um, and there's this guy taking a dump right on the sidewalk. And my, my uh, son's girlfriend says, oh, that is so gross. And, and, and that, that just sticks in my head every time I think about the conditions uh, of, of this uh, state and city um, that flashes before me because it is so representative of what happened and, and so representative of the causes uh, for the decay and, and that the city is in, the so-called doom loop that the city is in. How did we get here? We got here because of the societal destruction that COVID hysteria and COVID policy wrecked on the, the entire state and the entire, entire world. Um, but the, the, the reason that Sweden um, didn't do any of the lockdowns, didn't force people to get vaccinations, didn't force people to wear masks, the reason they didn't do any of that stuff, uh, Anders Tegnell um, stated, yeah, Anders Tegnell was their um, the, the main, um, um, how should we say it? He, he's like the uh, the Fauci of, of Sweden. Right. Um, and he was the designer of their policy. And he stated, we're, we're not making this decision to not do lockdowns, to not do forced vaccinations, to not do um, coerced vaccinations, to not force people to wear masks. We're not making this decision out of a health, um, with health considerations entirely at all. Matter of fact, the main reason for, for their um, uh, policies was simply because he said a society cannot tolerate this. It will decay. And that is exactly what has happened, in, especially in blue cities. The decay that we're seeing in, in San Francisco, the doom that we're seeing, is mostly due to the COVID panisteria, which just drove people out of this, this state. And the whole uh, BLM uh, rioting, violence thing that drove people out of the state, drove uh, crazy, crazy ass policies in uh, boards of, in, with respect to San Francisco, with respect to what the board of supervisors and mayors did to defunding police here. And they did it in blue cities all over the place. So you take this chaotic, um, you, you destroy the social fabric by, by, by implementing these crazy ass COVID, COVID policies. And then when that social fabric starts deteriorating, the back, 
the 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 backboard that you had, which was the police, to to stop the the decay from from getting past a certain point, isn't there? Absolutely, That's right. because of, because of what they did with respect to this to fund the police crap. So, so no. it was just this gigantic setup for for this doom loop that we're in right now. So what do we have in San Francisco? We had. A, but 10% of the population leave. Most of that was people that could afford to leave that were paying the most taxes. We have the decay of commercial enterprises left and right. We have businesses moving out of here every single day. Some business, big, huge business, employing a lot of people is selling property, uh, selling commercial space, moving just outright out of the city. And how do you stop this? How do you stop this at this point? Because what is the reasons that they, they, they are leaving? They're, they're leaving because they can't get people to go to work because <laughs> they don't want to work from home. And they're saying, no, you can't do that. And they can't get people to go to work because the crime is so freaking bad. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And how yeah. are they going to pull out of this tailspin? They won't because these people are such ideologues. They aren't going to start saying, oh, geez, we have to do a 180 here and we have to not only start uh, funding the, p- the police at an appropriate level, we have to kick up the funding. They're not going to do that. And that's entirely what is it called for. And they aren't going to say, Jesus Christ, we made a huge freaking mistake with respect to this COVID policy. Everyone, you, you really had nothing to really be afraid of ever. Um, can we just get back to uh, normal life here? Because your life now depends on getting back to normality. Will they say that? No, because they're freaking ideologues. Yes. No, they won't say that. Of course not. They're not. I think, look, the only recourse now is the recourse we're seeing is lawsuits, right? I think uh, I think Dr. Jensen just filed some kind of a lawsuit, did he not? Yes, he did. All right, Scott Jensen against, in Minnesota. Uh, against, against, against Ellison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff. So we have to forget. I, I think we're all long past the idea of any kind of apologies. It's, it's over. They're not going to apologize. They haven't apologized. It wouldn't matter to me one bit if they did. Right. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's just on, right. on the. I mean, the only apologies that I'm going to accept are from very young people uh, that simply did couldn't couldn't have been expected to know any better. Uh, it's because they're naive, and as young people are, they are more, um, how should I say this, more trusting uh, of, of uh, human beings than they, sh- than they probably should be. And they learn not to be. Every single one of them learns not to be as they grow up and become more independent of their parents. They just they realize that, oh, not everyone deserves the trust that I put in my parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think I think that. Uh, at, at this point, it's just the lawsuits and suing them and, and making them pay one way or another. That's it. I mean, but everyone has to do that. We need we need lawsuits. We do. We need many, many lawsuits. We need to make tie them up in court, make them spend a lot of money defending themselves and make them make them actually have to defend themselves in courts of law. I mean, I think that's the only uh, issue right now. I mean, it could change if. That's the, that's the only thing we can do right now. But I think that could change if we have a new president, right? The right president in 2025, um, who maybe will actually do something to make sure these people are are punished for this stuff. You know, I don't think that um, 
DeSantis would survive to a second through a to a second term. Uh, he wouldn't have a second term unless he delivered on those things. Oh, absolutely. I think there's, there's no doubt about it. He would absolutely have to deliver on that stuff, you know. Um, but uh, we probably haven't seen, I don't know if you agree or not, but we probably haven't seen quite enough from Republicans in the House, have we? I mean, they did a little bit of stuff, but they haven't really, we, they haven't really gone after the people they need to go after. No, well, they're, they're politicians. And so they're going to respond to what we tell them to do to some degree. Um, and so when we say, hey, um, we threaten their reelection um, by virtue of what they have done with respect to holding people responsible for these abuses during the uh, COVID years, um, then, then they will change their tune. But, 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 but we need to make that clear to them. And unfortunately, our just like we, we're getting a filtered view of the world and, and too many people are getting a filtered view of the world. And that filter that they still seem to trust, at least some of them or too many, is the uh, legacy media. And so the politicians, just as we're getting a filtered sort of version of what is going on politically, the politicians are getting a filtered version of what is going on out here in the heartland and homes and uh, businesses. And until we start when when they're when they're out and about and they're shaking hands uh, and, and, and uh, politicking. That's when we need to uh, buttonhole them and say, "Are you fucking crazy?" Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wanted to run that thing by you. I, I read yesterday with uh, the uh, ventilators. What do you make of that? That they are talking about so many of the deaths were actually from the ventilator and the bacteria in the ventilators, and not from COVID. Oh, well, that, that's every everyone knows that that has ever spent any time in an intensive care unit um, or <laughs> even in, in ER settings um, knows that you don't put anybody on a ventilator unless there is just simply no hope uh, other than that to keep them alive. Because once you put somebody on a ventilator, it is extremely hard to get them off. People do come off, but it is almost a death sentence to put somebody on a ventilator. And all you're doing is extending their life in most cases for a while in the hopes that the small percentage will do okay. But it's so they I mean, think think of the. Uh, physicians are as subject to hysteria as most people are. I saw this very personally when I was a medical student with respect to the AIDS epidemic and watched people around me, physicians around me just going nuts. So you had the beginning of this uh, so-called pandemic in which people were just screaming. They were screaming for a Manhattan project to produce ventilators. People like me are going, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't just go willy-nilly putting people in ventilators. That's that's not the treatment for this, <laughs> this this disease that at this point is someplace between the common cold and influenza. That's right. not how you deal with situations. Like, but people were, were and, and so you had physicians who who were following following that hysteria, and and they were putting people on ventilators far too early. And, and you know what the pandemic of the early 20th century. When was that? 1918, was it? Yes. Yeah. Um, that pandemic, most of the deaths weren't due to the virus. 
most of the deaths were due to bacteria, secondary bacterial infections. And you know who published on this fact? Who? Anthony Fauci. So, so Tony Fauci published on the fact that in 1918 flu, the flu uh, pandemic, uh, that most of the people who died didn't actually die from the flu virus. Yep. They died from secondary bacterial infection. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Well, and he made sure that happened again this time. Maybe he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't, yep. he yep. wasn't yep. researching it to avoid it. He was researching. He was researching it to use it as a blueprint. Well, so sorry for the back background That's noise a, here. I'm out for, for my walk. Um, yeah, there's a um, a lot of things that um, appear to be blueprints. Um, we've talked about some of the other blueprints that, that that appeared in the literature, both in the scientific literature and in the media, um, that that look like blueprints. And yeah. Here's here's another one, and it came straight from that son of a bitch's um, desk. Well, uh, I said I had seen doctors, a couple of them, one particular on YouTube back in 2020. I mean, just basically crying about the fact that they were putting people on ventilators and saying exactly what you said is that it was a death sentence. They said we, he said we should not be putting. He said exactly what you just said three years ago. He said this is not a treatment. We should not yeah. be treating people this way. We should be treating people who are having some breathing issues the same way we treat people with altitude sickness. Give them just straight general oxygen. That's it. Straight well, general oxygen in the, yeah, in the yeah, nose, yeah. little tube in the nose, and that's that. And they weren't yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, you, you have to be careful with oxygen, too, as well. Um, it, it depends on the, 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 the type of person that you're treating. Uh, for example, someone that's got COPD due to smoking, um, if you give them oxygen, you can shut down their respiratory centers because they are what are, are called oxygen-driven breathers rather than carbon dioxide-driven breathers. Most of us are carbon dioxide-driven breathers as healthy people. Um, if carbon dioxide, is, when it's dissolved in the blood, um, becomes a, a carbonic acid, and that, uh, that acid basically is in the hypothalamus area of the brain, and the respiratory centers signals that you need to breathe more to blow off the CO2. And uh, people that smoke a lot, um, this gets reversed. And so they're oxygen driven. That is, they breathe because they need more oxygen rather than needing to breathe more, um, breathe off CO2. So if you give them oxygen, you can shut down their the respiratory centers when they need to breathe most. So I'm, I'm pointing out that oxygen is, is tricky. In most cases, we, uh, you, you get in an ambulance, you get, go to the air, and they stick a cannula in your nose, and they give you oxygen. M most cases, oxygen does absolutely nothing. The cannula oxygen does absolutely nothing for the person's given to. There are so many treatments that um, that are just accepted as common and protocol, common protocol in medicine that that um, that do nothing for for anybody. It's I, <laughs> when I was in medical school, there was a uh, chief resident that kept this big long list of uh, treatments that do absolutely nothing but for anybody, but had been in place for over twenty years. Well, that's that's be, must be an amazing list. Yeah, it's amazing. This the, the one that I remember. Um, yeah, let's not get into this. Um, getting too far afield, but well, that's yes, medical laziness, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, you know, medicine is part science and part art. And the art leaves room for abuse. It leaves room for, for scientific abuse. And that's a problem because the art kind of has to be there in medicine because 
individual patient comes to you, he's 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 not a statistic. You got to look at the 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 whole situation. He's not just um, person comes in with set of symptoms X, um, and you know nothing else about them. Which is you know which what the studies are, are going to say. You do know other stuff about them. So that's where the art comes in. You have to t- t- you know you can look at studies and you can say this group which has this certain set of characteristics versus this other group, a control group, and we give them treatment X and, and here's how one does versus the control. How, here's how they do versus the control group. Well, that's fine, but you aren't in the experimental group when you come in, in to see your physician. You're, you're, you're somebody that the physician knows a lot more about. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the art part of, of it. But the science part of it um, gets abused because of the art part of it um, tremendously. Uh, another issue that I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you saw this, this was tweeted out yesterday by Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat, of course, of Oregon. And it, it, it's shocking to me. The tweet is shocking to me in a couple of different ways. But let me just read the tweet to you. Over 41 million Americans rely on Adderall. Now, I bet you're wondering what he's going to say next. Now, you would expect him to say, why the fuck are 41 million Americans reliant on Adderall. Nope, that's not what he says. It's time for the FDA and DEA to get serious about fixing the Adderall shortage. I'm pressing (laughs) federal officials to get to the bottom of this crisis once and for all. Evidently, there's a nearly year-long national shortage of Adderall. But Ron Wyden, a true Democrat, who will bitch and moan to you when he's running for re-election about how much he hates Big Pharma and wants to go after Big Pharma's profits and how greedy they are. He now wants the FDA and the DEA to get serious about not fixing the idea of 41 million Americans being reliant on Adderall, but the fact that there's not enough drugs out there to give it to them. There's not enough drugs out there to supply the drug addiction. So Democrats, once again, we're seeing are, as we have during COVID, that they're legal drug dealers. They believe in legal drug dealing. They're all for it. Why the fuck? Do you know this is 12% of America? Do I know what is? percent of America is reliant on Adderall. That is an absolute insane number. Yeah, there's there's a huge, huge, huge overdiagnosis of uh, uh, attention deficit disorders. And we have a U.S. senator who's not interested in what you just said, that we're giving this drug too easily to people. But the fact that there's not enough of this drug out there to satisfy the cravings of these people, it's 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 absolutely insane. It's like a it's like a U.S. senator saying we don't have enough cocaine going around for the cocaine addicts. We need more access to meth for the meth heads. There's not enough fentanyl on the streets. We need to make sure there's more fentanyl on the streets to satisfy our addictions. How sick is this? It's you just know, incredibly sick. Uh, there is, you know, Adderall is such a highly prescribed drug it, and, and over way, way, way over prescribed. It makes it um, much simpler for drug abusers, um, especially amphetamine abusers, to get hold of something. Um, substance to abuse because Adderall's got amphetamine in it, and mm. and so so yeah, I, I've I've known and seen people that were Adderall abusers. <laughs> you wonder why would you abuse Adderall? 
And the reason is because it's a lot easier to get than other amphetamines. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's people absolutely... go into somebody's house and they steal it out of their medicine cabinet and they turn around and they sell it. <laughs> well, and there are so many children on Adderall, aren't they? Aren't yeah. they all? On, yeah. I mean, aren't doctors just giving it? A child comes in and, they, you know, they're, they're a little excitable or they're a little, you know, have a lot of energy. Give them Adderall, right? I mean, well, the, the, the quite often, quite often the situation is that um, some teacher in a blue city someplace um, says, oh, I'm not going to teach you. I'm not going to teach your child unless you put them on uh, attention deficit disorder drugs. And so, yeah, there, there you go. That, that, so, so then, the, so then the, the mom is going, OK, I, I, what do I do? Do I move? Um, I can't move. I've well, got this a job sounds here. a lot like teachers saying your child must wear a mask and get the vaccine. To yeah, teacher. very, very, very much like that. This is our schools abusing the shit out of our kids. What did these boy? What did these teachers do in like the fifties and sixties and seventies? My the jobs in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, what did they do? Is there is the whole fucking city of San Francisco burning down? Is everything burning? Down? And then there's a dog chasing you. Run. Right. Yeah, the dog going crazy with a siren that goes by, and that siren is probably heading to some uh, overdose someplace. Yeah, I, I no, I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. I mean, I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. I mean, you you see it happen so frequently around here. Oh my God! But yeah, this. What did what did our teachers do, Daniel? How did they? They teach? did their job. Yeah, they did their job exactly. Yeah. That's what they did. They did their job. They don't want to work anymore. They don't yeah. want to work anymore. Or, they don't want to. They, yeah, they, they, oh, they they love the whole COVID policy. They could stay home in their pajamas. Or on the report card, they would look. And I I've seen this on maybe my report card was like this, but certainly I had friends whose report cards were like this. The first few months of the school, you know, they'd have their report card every three months, and the first few months it would say, okay, doesn't pay attention enough in class. Uh, you get a D in that area. Oh, and what was it? NI needs improvement, whatever. And then, you know, by the end of the term, most of us had improved. Hey, how did we do that without Adderall? How did we prove, according to the teacher who watched us closely over the course of, a, of six months or eight months without the use of Adderall? I don't it, it, couldn't, it couldn't possibly have just been a, a, a maturation of your central nervous system. No. Yeah. What are you talking about? The FDA, yeah. the big farmer can't make any money off of maturation of your central nervous system. No, no. I mean, just like this, this weird thing that we heard about natural immunity. What was that crap? Well, we're in a very, this is the times we're in now are, I hate to use the word dark. Everyone uses that word dark, but they are. I mean, we are a society now who wants to medicate everything, right? Medicate everything, whatever it may be. Medicate, you know, is there, is there a medication? I want my son to be more into uh, academics than sports. Is there a medication that will make him do that? You know, we, 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 we come up with fake vaccines out of thin air to, so, to, to end a COVID pandemic. I still know people now who are getting COVID, who have been vaccinated seven times. They're still getting it now. Still getting it. I know, yes. old, people, I know old people who are joking for their next jab. Here's a question I want to ask Ron DeSantis. If I met him, who knows? Maybe over the next year I will. If I hang out in Florida enough, you never know. I might get lucky. But uh, I want to ask him. I want to say, uh, Governor, by the time you become president on January of 2025, are you going to, is there anything you can do to stop 
the distribution of the vaccine. How long are we going to allow Big Pharma to put this shit in people's arms? How long? Can the president stop that? Can the president, I mean, the president obviously started it, right? Operation Warp Speed, Trump. So can can the next president stop it? That's a good question I would have for him. He could certainly stop it using the bully pulpit by getting up and just saying a huge mistake were made by my predecessor. Um, and he can very easily outline what those mistakes were and the justifications for why he's calling a mistake and say, please calm the fuck down, people. I mean, he can he can use that. He can use his position um, to 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 sway a lot of those people that are out there that are. I don't know how this is possible that are still hysterical. Oh, there are plenty of people who are still hysterical. Oh, yeah. We see 20 percent of uh, San Francisco's San Francisco's as they walk through North Beach in the morning to, to go to the BART station. I see 20 percent outside wearing the stupid freaking mask. Yeah. No, it's a, I don't. By the way, I haven't even have I seen anyone here in Miami wearing a mask? I don't think so. I'm trying to think now. You know what? It's so weird. You're here for a few days and all of a sudden you're in freedom. You're in normal land and you don't even think about this anymore, which means I probably haven't seen anyone. I think I might have seen one guy wearing it, you know, the, the, like below the chin, which I never understood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> below the chin. But uh, I had it's like those people are like I have it here just in case I have it here just in a case of what? I don't know. But uh, I don't think I, look, I was at the ball game tonight. I don't think there was one person wearing a mask at the entire in the entire stadium. Neither the, the, the people who work there or or the patrons. The catcher so, was wearing a mask. Hopefully, uh, that's very good. Yes, the catcher was wearing it. Hey, that I, catcher's I do know mask. Something about sports ball. That catcher's mask is as good at stopping COVID as the cloth exactly. Mask. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just, just about as effective stopping covid uh, yeah, it, 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 would, it would stop particles the size of a cheeseburger which is what we need to be putting on most of americans <laughs> it was stop. that's hilarious it was not those cheeseburger bits yeah <laughs> getting spit all over you oh that's too funny but no i i don't think anyone here is wearing masks anymore i think it's i think it's not even i, I think people here wouldn't wear a mask because you would really stand out, right? As being like weird. I think if you that, wore a mask. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that illustrates a very important point about this, this whole nonsense that it, that it occurred over the last few years, which is so much of it was uh, socially driven, uh, tribally socially driven. Um, I mean, people are no more neurotic, no less neurotic in, in Florida than they are in California. There may be some differences, but you know, you're not going to get big, huge uh, shifts in, in average neur- trait neuroticism between Florida and California. Um, so something else is driving it. And I think the best guess is um, um, uh, social dynamics. And, <laughs> yeah, so you're not seeing it there. So it just, just, you know, it just illustrates once again, we all, all knew that there's a huge social dynamic compo- component to, to this, which, you know, many of us called at least part of it virtue signaling. Um, there was other parts of it, you know, people, it was a political symbol. Um, people were also wearing it to conceal their identity in San Francisco so they could commit crimes. Um, I mean, it's, it, there's so much of the, the whole mask weight wearing thing, uh, I, I, you know, you, looking at Florida versus California. I would just take a rough guess, given what you're telling me, that 90% of it 
was masquerading was motivated not by anything that had to do with the uh, hysteria of illness, although there was quite a few that had that, um, but was motivated by these social things. Yeah. Yeah. No, without a doubt. It was absolutely motivated by, by social stuff, you know. And uh, it's just it's it's interesting being in a place where you don't see much of this at all. Where look, people haven't really been wearing masks here for about a year and a half, two years now. So it's been it's 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 a real thing of the past here. And I guarantee you, I am not doing any interviews on the streets. But if anyone is wearing a mask here, they're probably from San Francisco or New York. It's a tourist. Very, yeah, yeah, very very true. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, it's a tourist who's used to wearing it in their area. You know, yeah, but so. if you're in Florida and where everyone wears, you know, flowery tourist shirts, how do you tell when somebody's from New York? I don't wear those shirts. What do you say? We don't all wear those shirts. I don't think everyone <laughs> wears a flowery tourist shirt. First of all, you have to be crazy. Well, on, on Seinfeld, uh, Jerry's what? dad was always wearing those, you know, flowery, looks like he's going to Hawaii, you know. Oh, that's true. I forgot yeah. about those. You know, you, First of all, you have to be crazy to wear a mask here. It's 90 degrees with 100% humidity. Yeah. I mean, you know how disgusting those masks get in that kind of weather? <laughs> un- un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, you know, you would see people in San Francisco and still do see people ri- running and riding bicycles, huffing and puffing through a mask. And you still see these things. I mean, I was just out at uh, uh, the Panhandle getting some exercise and I'm seeing those people out there still. It's amazing. They're not, not as many as there were um, uh, a year ago, but they're still out there. They're out there, and they're 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 out there, and they're haunting us. They're haunting. They're us. out there, and they are out there. <laughs> yeah, they're out there, and they're out there. You know, and uh, look, I got a response just a few minutes ago from someone in San Francisco to my Walgreens video of nothing being locked up, and she said she was just out in some area in San Francisco, North Beach, I believe, and she went to a uh, a drugstore there, and even the cough drops are locked up. The cough drops. Can you imagine the cough drops are locked up? Here, no, Target, sorry, Target on Folsom. She went to Target. If This is a great uh, parody um, account on Twitter called Rillery Honan's Crocodile Tears, a takeoff on Hillary Ronan, one of our Board of Supervisors members. So that's hard to say. Rillery Honan's (laughs) Crocodile Tears said they went to Target on Folsom Street, and even the cough drops were locked up. That's just insane. That that is insane. I, yeah. uh, uh, since the uh, the whole Target controversy thing with the tucking, I haven't been back to Target. <laughs> oh no, it's it's just it's uh, it's, just, it's yeah, just, it's, it, it's crazy, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is that once again, it's it's uh, incredible crocodile tears from groups like the gay groups. Where they say, "Oh, we're not. Good. We have to protest Florida," and then the next thing they do is take a flight from New York down to Florida and go to Gay Disney. You know, it's just it's an hypocrisy. It's well, so blatantly you know, obvious. It's, it's so it's blatantly not, obvious. If yeah, this was it's, such it's, a if this was such a dangerous place for gay people, they would not come here every chance they get to get away from their blue shithole city. Yeah, which yeah, is what they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Key, key, key West. They, they just hate gay people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, maybe none they... of this is about the L, the G, or the B. It's about the T, and 
and with and and children. That's what this is about. And anybody that um, cast it as having anything to do with the LGBT is just a freaking liar. Yeah, no, it's uh, well. What's sad about that whole thing? And we've talked about this in the past. Is how the LGBT has allowed themselves to be hijacked by the T. You know, and that's that's the shame of it all. Is that the 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 trans movement, which we know is fake. It's a fake movement. Hopefully, it won't really last because it's not real. Um, they have hijacked the LGB and they've actually trashed a lot of the work those people did through the 60s, 70s and 80s to get to where they are now. They've set them back several decades. Tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendously. I mean, yeah. what was I mean, what did, what did gay and lesbian bisexual people tell us, you know, over the last 50 years is, is you know, I'm fine the way I am. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and and that's not the message that uh, the trans. Well, uh, 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 the, what do we call these people? TRAs or something? Is that what they and, call them? Yeah, and it's this odd need to virtue signal where every group that stands out as different needs to be brought into under brought under your umbrella, right? So here's this crazy trans movement of these people who need psychological help, and the. LGB crowd is actually letting letting them in, saying, "Oh, these what, here's the problem. There's like a false equivalency between this group and everything the LGB LGB groups had to go through through the 50s, 60s, and 70s. There's like a false equivalency. Like, oh my God, this is the new group. They're going through what we went through. No, they're not. They're not. They've hijacked." your movement and you're dumb enough to let them in because you need to be seen as like coddling every quote unquote marginalized group. So what's the next group? What is the next group? And we can go as crazy as we want. I'm the group, the new group that fucks animals, the new group that like, we like to fuck animals. The animals like it. They don't complain. Shut up. Yeah. So and, we, and we can laugh now, and we can laugh about that and make jokes about it now. But this, this slipper, this slope is a lot more slippery than people <laughs> want to well, believe and we're seeing it right because right, if, if you or i or anyone else had brought up this this trans group 30 years ago people would have said oh you're exaggerating never happened never happened doctors giving sex change operations to 10 year olds without their parents that's not gonna happen you crazy no people way yeah no right. way that's gonna and happen it's, you it's guys happening. are your slippery slope yeah you could you crazy conspiracy theorists it's never going to happen and so now it's happening so of course i'm using these extreme things which may seem extreme in 2023 the way things are going in 2050 it may not be extreme anymore it might be the way it is so what uh, when does it stop when do we say no you're crazy you're not the same as us you're not going through what we went through four decades ago and we're not going to coddle you we're not going to take you in under our umbrella but unfortunately, so many of these people in the lesbian and gay community are so into the wokeness, man, and the virtue signaling that they see it as virtuous to take in all of these groups who were seen as marginalized by the left, right? And that's the problem. And they're going to, mark my words, they're going to ruin them. Yep. I, I totally agree. And most LGB people I've talked to. Uh, understand that, uh, it, but it's you know it's it's, it's just like uh, so many uh, people that are straight, um, they dare not speak because they think that they're going to get canceled. Dare not speak anything that remotely sounds sensible with respect to this whole trans issue thing, because they're afraid they're going to get canceled. 
um, either you know, removed from their position at work um, or whatever. They're going to suffer some consequences from speaking out. We see that with a lot of women athletes right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's awful what's happening to them for just for just speaking out. Um, so, yeah, the, the, they have reason to, to be fearful. Um, uh, but the, the way it, the way it stops is when it starts costing our society too, too much and people start seeing this. We live in this gigantic society. Um, we're in San Francisco Bay Area. How many was it? Something like six, seven, eight million people here. Um, huge societies. We live in in in, in an, a degree of anonymity that evolutionary speaking um, was not heard of until the last uh, century two or two. When when you when we lived in small tribes of a hundred to two hundred people, pe- when people deviated too far out of the norm, and those norms were set up for survival reasons, because life was really tough back then. <laughs> 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, a half a million years ago. Life was tough. Getting just what you need was really tough, really hard. And the tribe, every member of the tribe had to toe the line and do what they were designed as human beings to do best. And if you deviated outside of those norms very much, you could get, to talk about tribal affiliations, you were kicked out of the tribe. You, you were sent off in, into the jungle off into the desert to fend, to your, fend for yourself. If you weren't going to be part of the tribe, you're out. Well, we don't live in a society like that anymore. So the cost of somebody not doing their um, their role, to playing their role in society to within some sort of tolerable um, limits is, is just not felt because we live in such a big society and we're relatively anonymous. What we do and, and uh, in our in our lives and the liberties that we may take aren't acutely felt by the others around us because of the size of our, our society. But they eventually do when enough people do these things, they eventually do percolate back and cause harm to the society, to the society. But it's hard. To, it, but it, by then, it's really difficult. The, the harm is so diffuse, it's hard to pinpoint the cause. As opposed to back in uh, very uh, small tribal times when uh, Joe tribesmen refused to go hunt. <laughs> they said, okay, you're out. <laughs> they, they, they knew the cause uh, that, uh, there, that uh, food was not, there wasn't enough food to, to feed uh, their offspring because Joe didn't want to work. And so Joe was out. Uh, we don't see that as directly in our huge, giant societies that have a lot of resources. So, one, we can afford, because we have so many resources, we can afford to be more liberal with respect to the roles that we play. And because we have such giant societies, the harm that, that departing too much from those roles does to society isn't acutely felt. And, and you, you don't see the causation as clearly. Yeah, exactly. Right. That that's a hundred percent correct, you know, and 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 so, it's a, you know, it's getting to the point now where they're just. I, I think all of this is out there just to make the to blur the lines between you know what's real and what's not real, right? Uh, to make people just confused, just to confuse people as to what's real and what's not real. But I think you said it well, and others have said it well in the past. As far as the gender things go, it, it's very simple. There's a man, and there's a woman. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, it, it's it, man it, and woman. 
and, and it's and it's it's not that simple to to me. I mean, to, to me, I'm saying what I'm saying is, um, societies they develop these roles for for each of us, and our families and our communities develop these roles for each of us because they're beneficial for society. And then, and, and in order, this is this is basically evolution on kind of a societal level. In order for that society to to evolve. You either develop those characteristics that are going to enable the, the, the survival or not, in which case, boom, your society is gone. So you develop societally, you know, we evolved to, to, to take on certain roles. And, and as we get more and more resources and we became more developed societies, as our technology expanded, our knowledge base expanded, our ability to do agriculture, for example, 10,000 years, greatly expanded. We had more resources. So with more resources, we could then tolerate um, behaviors and be more liberal, which is a good thing. I mean, give, giving people some um, leniency with respect to um, um, behaviors and not having to be so rigid with respect to roles is a good thing as much as you can do it. But there comes a point when it's, it's too much and society can't support it. We can't support mutilating kids. No, of course not. <laughs> that would cause tremendous damage to our society. You just said that as though it's a controversial thing. That's what's so sad about this. You said, we, we really can't do this. Well, there are people who would disagree with you. I mean, it's it's sad. It really is. That's gotten and those people. Yeah, go ahead. And those people would say to you, oh, what does it harm you if this kid has this procedure done to you? And And what I would say to them was, it's really hard to see the harm that it would done to be done to me specifically immediately. But the harm that it would be done to our society would be immense and it would percolate through our society in very diffuse ways. And it, you would be troubled by the fact that our society has greatly changed, that this, it's disturbing you, but you can't put your finger on it. And it well, won't be just because of that one thing. I'm talking about changes. Um, I'm talking about going too far and accepting certain types of behaviors uh, uh, and, and how that that percolates back, percolates back, and causes um, social upheaval and upheaval in societies, and, and ultimately a cost that is unacceptable. Sorry about that. I'm just queuing something up to play in a minute. But what you said is true. But it's also the same selfishness we saw during COVID. People are like, well, what does it what does it bother you if someone's wearing a mask? Why are you triggered? They love that word, triggered, by someone wearing a mask. What does it bother you? If other people get the vaccine, what does it bother you? What does it bother you? What does it bother you if people hide inside their homes for the years? Well, that's an incredibly selfish way of looking at things. It's like, well, no, you're right. If if Joe Schmo wants to get the vaccine, okay. If Joe Schmo wants to, Joe Schmo. But the fact of the matter is, this is all about society and what's best for society. What helps society? What hurts society? Not what bothers Daniel or Mike Kachopoli, right? And that's what, that's the selfishness these people have. They don't realize how selfish they're being when they say, well, what does it bother you if this person does that? What does it bother you? You can extend that to anything, can't you? What does it bother you if some other person gets shot, right? What does yeah. it bother you? Well, nothing really bothers us unless it happens to us or someone we love yeah. directly right yeah. we can yeah. make that argument for everything unless it happened to you directly or someone you love what does it bother you what does it bother you if some eight-year-old kid gets shot with a straight bullet in chicago why does that bother you yeah. you can and make this, this you can make this ridiculously 
disgustingly selfish, dumb argument for everything. For everything, yes, and and we've come full circle back to the beginning of our of our um, dis, uh, discussion talk here tonight, which is Sweden made their decision with respect to their COVID policy based on what their society would tolerate that it was going to cause tremendous disruption, like it has caused in, in our society, uh, and they realized that this um, the destruction that it would cause would last for generations, like it is going to last in our society. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to sign off. Right right. There so, hey, Daniel, thanks for the talk. It was good. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for reminding me how crazy things are in San Francisco with sirens and police and dogs barking and things going crazy. I don't know. If, uh, I don't want to come back. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to take a tantrum. Maybe that'll help the situation. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's an incredibly selfish point of view to say, well, what does it bother you? What does it bother you? What can you do? What can you do? Oh, boy. Okay, so Bobby, Bobby Kennedy, my friend. I say my friend because I met him 16 years ago. He would not remember. But oh, he might remember. It's possible. It's, it was specific enough of an event. He might remember. Who knows? Uh, but Bobby Kennedy Jr. was at uh, the border. He went to the border. He, he went... Bobby Kennedy Jr. went to where Joe Biden and Kamala Harris dare not go. Think about that. The president and the and the immigration czar don't go to the border. Just think about that for a second, maybe when you're voting next year. But Bobby Kennedy Jr. went there. And here, this is the, if I can cue this up correctly. Here hey, everybody, I'm at the border wall around Yuma, Arizona. It's about two o'clock in the morning. Um, we've watched about 150 people come across. You can see the end of the wall down there. And we've watched about 150 people come across in the last hour. The first group were about uh, 50 or 60 people from Africa, from West Africa. This group that is filing behind me right now, we interviewed many of them. Uh, they're from Peru, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan. Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, India, China, Tibet, Nepal, and all together, uh, people have come across right here from 117 nations in the last couple of years. In three years, in total, 7 million people have come across the border illegally into our country and from here they're put on these buses and they're brought to the border patrol station where they're processed after four or five days they're released on their own reconnaissance into our country and most of them are never seen or heard from again and this the stories that we heard from these people are absolutely heartbreaking this is a humanitarian crisis because of the understanding across the globe that we now have an open border here. There are people being drawn here. Uh, they're being abused. Uh, there, are, There's all kinds of just horrific, uh, terrible, terrible stories. And this is not a good thing for our country. It's not a good thing for these people. And it is unsustainable. Okay, so Bobby Kennedy goes to the border. Now, once again, this is very similar to what I've been talking about when it 
comes to like lies about Florida, right? People will give you lies. They'll tell you lies. The Democrats will tell lies. Gavin Newsom will tell lies. The the left wing media will tell lies about Florida. The NAACP will tell lies because they figure most people aren't going to go and see for themselves. Well, it's the same thing with the border, even more so than Florida. No American is going to go to the border just to check out and see what's going on in the border, unless you're doing something like Kennedy and running for office or you're a politician or you're in news media. You're not going to just go to the border. Who's going to fucking go to Yuma, Arizona, the border wall and hang out there for a while? You know, so they can lie about it. They can say, oh, no, it's not. The Democrats will say there's no problem with the border. What are you talking about? It's better than under Trump, better than under Trump. And of course, this is a lie. The numbers prove it's a lie. But once again, the left doesn't really care about numbers and facts. And then you go there, right? And the only way you really get the real news is by watching, let's say, Fox, and they'll send reporters there and they'll show you what's going on. And people like Bobby Kennedy who go there and film videos. But the left-wing media, Joe Biden... And the Democrats, no, most people are not going to go to the border. So they'll just believe what we say. The Republicans are, you know, exaggerating it. Not that bad. You know, Biden, his policies have helped. We we uh, adjusted Trump's horrible policies and uh, we have everything. Everything is in order. Nothing to see here. Everything is under control. But we know that's a lie. It's not under control. And as Kennedy said, the reason why there are so many more people coming now than under Trump is because they now know it's easier to get in. Does that make sense if you're a liberal and you're listening? I know it, I know it makes sense to non-liberals, but if you're a liberal and you're even in the cult maybe, does that make sense that if you know it's easier to get in, you're going to go? Let's say, let's put this in more layman's terms even though this is, of course, layman enough, but maybe not layman enough for the left. Say you're uh, under 21 and you find out that it's really easy to get into a club, a specific club, a very popular club that everyone wants to get into because it's a great club. Freedom, dancing, beer, liquor, sex, fun. (laughs) But you are 20, under 21, so normally you couldn't get in. But you find out through the grapevine that it's easy to get in that club now. Is that not going to be flooded with illegal minors, illegals, illegal aliens for the border, minors for the club? Of course it is. That's human nature. It, the word is going to spread through the 18 to 21-year-olds, even younger maybe, through the minor community, we'll say, that this club you can get into. They're lax now. The old security, the old people, the people who used to own that club, they're gone. New people have taken over, and the club is so much easier to get into now. Let's go. And it's going to be flooded with minors. This is the same thing. Can you? Does that make sense, Mr. and Mrs. Liberal? Make any sense to you whatsoever? Because that's exactly what's happening at the border. We have a new owner. Trump was the previous owner. And Biden is the new owner, for lack of a better terminology, and they of the country. And they have found out that it's really easy to get in now. Extremely easy to get into the country. And so that's why they're flooding the border more now than ever before. Because we have lax security now. We have those um, 
bodyguards, bouncers that used to be at the club stopping minors from coming in are no longer there. They're no longer checking ID, if you will. So maybe that makes sense. Maybe I had to put it in those terms for it to make sense. But this is what we're seeing now. And as Bobby put it, it's a humanitarian crisis because there's nowhere for these people to go. Where are they going to go? Where? On a bus to Chicago, on a bus to... Are they going to become homeless? Are they going to become criminals? What? Where, where are they going? Where are they going? There are only so many places to go. There's only so many resources. And so... It's, it's become a real problem, a real problem. And look, I don't want to minimize the issues that some of these people have, not all of them. If you look at a lot of the videos, a lot of these people are very young. They're young, able-bodied, 20-something-year-old men, okay? These aren't mostly people who are escaping cartels and drug dealers and, and all these issues where their, their, their lives are in danger. Some people are, but not most of them. But I don't want to minimize some of the problems of these people in, in comparing them to minors looking to get into a club. These people have, some of these people have real problems. They have real issues. They have real reasons for wanting to get out of their terrible country run by dictators. But there has to be a system. There has to be a plan. There's got to be a bouncer or two there. There's got to be people who say you can't come in now or this is the procedure to come in. The procedure is you get to 21 years old and you come in. The procedure is you go through this legal process and you can come in. And that's what needs to happen. And until that happens, this problem is going to continue over. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And this is not the liberals like to say this is like the uh, the kinder, gentler policy. It's not the kinder, gentler policy because people are being trafficked. Trafficked. There's trafficking. There's sex trafficking. There's drug trafficking. There are kids that little babies that die at the border, that drown. We saw images of a, a, like a 11 year old being sex trafficked and being dropped over the wall. This is not a kinder, gentler policy. Give me a break. This is not kinder and gentler. This is much more destructive. The policy of you don't come in unless you go through the legal process is much kinder and gentler than the process of you drown in the water coming over here, that you're sex trafficked or drug trafficked or a mule to come in here. That's not kinder and gentler. So there has to be a change at the border. And that's not going to happen, obviously, until Ron DeSantis is president. That's not going to happen. Look, I'll even give Trump this much. That would be fixed if he were president. I'm not going to lie because it was better last time. But with Biden being president, this is not going to change. And God forbid the guy would get four more years. God forbid. It's only going to get worse because he's had two and a half years now to change this. And he hasn't. In fact, they have changed it. They've purposely made it easier because Democrats believe in open borders. Democrats believe in open borders. 
Yes, they believe in gender mutilation. They believe in, you know, opening up like drag shows to children. And they believe in this. They believe in open borders. They believe that people should be able to come over as many as, as they want. Millions and millions of people should be able to come here and discover America and live the American dream and escape the crazy dictatorships in their country. Why? I don't know. We have a dictatorship here in many places. So I don't understand that whole idea. But the, we have the Constitution. They don't have that in other countries. You know, and uh, the Democrats believe that everyone who wants to come in should be able to come in, period. And it doesn't have to be legal. Come one, come all. They believe in open borders. They believe that is kind and gentler and humanitarian when we know it's not it's the opposite. But that's what they believe in. They believe in open borders. So things will not change because they don't want them to change. Things won't change until a Republican becomes president again. That's just a fact. And the fact is two and a half years into this man's presidency and things have only gotten worse. Boy, two and a half years. It seems like 12 and a half years. Think about that. A year and a half. Le- he would have five and a half more years of being president if he were elected again. <laughs> Can you wrap your mind around that? Five and a half more years of Joe Biden or however long of Joe Biden and the remainder of Kamala Harris. Maybe two years of Biden, three and a half years. Could, could you imagine what this would be like, what this country will be like by the end of that period? What this country will be like by the end of 2029. Does anyone even want to think about that? I don't want to think about that. I think it's very frightening what things would be like by 2029 if that were to happen. And so I'll go back to my original point, which is that the best person to take out Joe Biden is Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump. So to make sure we don't have five and a half more years of Biden, Biden Harris. Biden Harris, you know, and it's it's just uh, it's absolutely insane. Everyone should. I know people. You might not have Fox News, and I don't watch it either anymore, really, because of their Trump ass kissing. But if that ends, tell me, and I'll bring put it on again. But last I saw, there was just too much Trump ass kissing for my liking. Um, but if you look at Bill Malugin, the guy with the nice hair, the guy with the beautiful hair, quaffed hair, who. <laughs> I make fun of him, but he's a great reporter. He's at the border and he does a good job. Bill Malugin. You won't get that anywhere else, right? You won't get that kind of coverage on CNN or MSNBC where they put people at the border and show the way it is. And Bill Malugin, I have to give him and Fox credit for that much. They go to the border and they they show it the way it is. So, oh, by the way, I did want to mention one more thing tonight before I sign off because I'm jet lag still. I can't. It's amazing. I can't get I, I go coast to coast and I have jet lag for a week. I don't know how people how do people do it and not have jet I know people who don't have jet lag. They tell me they drink water. I drink tons of water. I still have jet lag. I think that's another one of those bullshit cures. I hear Tucker Carlson did his first show on uh, Tucker on Twitter is called. I guess these are 10 minute shows because this was about 10 minutes long. So I haven't watched it because I've had a crazy day of having fun here in Miami, but I will watch it right after this and I'll talk about it tomorrow. But Elon Musk retweeted it and said, it would be great to have shows from all parts of the political spectrum on this platform. So I'm not sure what he's looking to do exactly, but it looks like he's looking to do more of this stuff. And I don't know if this Tucker thing is only going to be 10 minute segments 
or if he's going to do hour long things or if he's going to open it up with guests and who knows what it may be. But I see there is Tucker Carlson has tweeted it and Elon Musk has retweeted it and it says episode one Tucker on Twitter. So this could be something big. This could be, I mean, this is insane because you have Tucker Carlson tweeting it and then you have Elon Musk retweeting it. And <clears throat> let's see how many views. 30, <laughs> listen to this, 36.1 million views. Okay. And this was just tweeted out earlier today. This was tweeted out, I believe, at three o'clock <clears throat> in the afternoon. 36 million views, 108,000 retweets, 13,000 quotes, 411,000 likes, and 25,000 bookmarks. That is just Tucker retweeting it. Then Elon Musk retweeted it uh, about four hours ago, and it's already gotten 15 million views through Elon Musk. So this is huge. This is a much, much bigger audience than Tucker Hart on Fox. It's not even close. I don't know the deal he has with Musk, if if he's getting paid, if he's not yet. I don't know the deal. But this could be a very big thing, not just for Tucker Carlson, but for uh, Twitter in general. So we'll see where it goes. All right. Remember, I'm in Miami, Florida this week. So the shows will be on odd times, usually around 11 uh, or 11.30, like the show, Eastern, 8, 8.30 Pacific. Just check on call-in calendar. I'll put it on there before I go on. So it's just going to be, a, a, yes, big for the 50. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's, it's going to be, the shows will be, you know, on, but different times than usual. Um, anyway, the name of the show is And Let's Be Heard, and I'll be back on here tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Chopoli reminding you that you're, Influence counts. Use it.